As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, welcome back to Civilized Parking. Zach Jackson, this is the Browns-Patriots preview edition, week six. Time flies when you're getting gashed by the run, doesn't it? Uh, the Browns 2-3, and three, the Patriots 2-3. and three. The Browns already have two home AFC losses. This is a big game, folks. There's no uh, other way to put it. Um, the defense is really struggling. Uh, feels like the Browns are teetering on many levels. Um, there's no running from that, right? Uh, we'll get more into this later, but... If they can find a way to win, and they can, um, and then win again in two weeks because the Bengals shouldn't be able to block the Browns. So we'll see. Uh, it doesn't even need to be a complete defensive turnaround. The defense just has to you know, plug themselves in and play with a little bit of juice and act like they've played football before. Then maybe they can steady the ship, but the ship is not steady right now. Um, these are tenuous times. So you, know, you never want to panic too much in October. Every team has issues early in the year they have to work through. Some uh, predictable, as the Browns run woes can be, some unpredictable. It's not supposed to be giving up 90-yard passes one week and then two weeks later giving up 80-yard runs. But here we are. Um, The Browns can win. Um, My friend Chad Graff covers the Patriots. I've known Chad for several years. He used to cover the Vikings. But in the offseason, the Patriots gave up six picks and paid him $240 million to move back towards home. And uh, now he's coming to Cleveland on Saturday. So he's with us, Chad. Um, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been uh, a whirlwind move. Um, I assure you it was not Kirk Cousins' money after leaving Minnesota, but uh, it's it's been a good, fun move. Yeah. So they've had they made the move to Bailey Zappi, who played one year of major college football. Um I remember seeing him at the Senior Bowl, and I thought, man, this this guy's impressive, but he's awfully little. I think the Patriots saw him as a Mac Jones clone and worth developing. Probably didn't want to play him in the fourth game of the year, but here we are. So um, over under seven and a half pass attempts on Sunday for Bailey Zappi and the Patriots. (laughs) I think it might be over under seven pass attempts in the entire game. (laughs) Okay, Patriots can't stop the run. The the Browns can't stop the run. Both of them, uh, Belichick and Stefanski, love to run the ball and have really good running backs. So 
I'm picturing like a late seventies um, Steelers, like bears matchup or something okay. where, uh, you know, almost like a high school football game where it's so exciting when we finally see a pass. Um, the Patriots never envisioned Bailey Zappi playing at all this season, let alone starting to the point where they brought back Brian Hoyer, uh, a guy who's almost 40 and, you know, really is here more because of his veteran status and what he can teach Mac Jones than his playing style. And yet the other reason they had him was they just thought Bailey Zappi is going to need a year before he can be the true backup. Um, and then, of course, after Mac Jones gets hurt, the Patriots go to Green Bay and everything is pointing toward Brian Hoyer. He's going to be the starter. This uh, wily veteran is going to give it a go. First quarter, he gets sacked off the edge and suffers a concussion. Um, and that brings in Bailey Zappi. And now for what looks like basically the third week in a row, uh, it's going to be the Bailey Zappi show for New England. Right. So, guys, uh, we're recording on Thursday morning. I guess there's a chance Mac Jones might play, right? They don't close the door, even though he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. Um, on this front, you know, Denzel Ward is in the concussion protocol. Everybody hopes that he's he's fine. Obviously, Browns fans want him in the lineup. And just anytime you're dealing with a concussion, you hope it's not of the major variety. But with the enhanced concussion protocols and given that the Browns were so quick to announce it as an actual concussion last Sunday – we expect he's not going to play, but we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll go along. As we touched on, Chad, we know what the game plan for both teams is going to be. Um, last year, the Patriots just coached and ran circles around the Browns in, in really a crucial game um, up in Foxborough. It was kind of Ramondre Stevenson's coming out party. So, you know, just based on the little I've seen in the box scores, it seems like in year two, he's, he's kind of uh, even hit another gear. He has. That was kind of the start a year ago, but – he's really developed into um, almost and probably at this point, the Patriots best running back. Like he and Damian Harris had been splitting the load pretty close to 50, 50. Um, they were kind of deferring to Harris a little bit as the veteran, but the offense just seemed to have a little bit more pop when Stevenson was in there. And then last game, Harris tweaks his hamstring probably will be out a couple of weeks, um, which leads this basically to Stevenson. Bill Belichick, you know, I think notoriously for fantasy football players doesn't really love to commit to one <laughs> running back. And once you think he's found a guy, he moves on to somebody else for the next game plan. But I, and granted, I haven't been around Bill Belichick as long as many others, but I have heard Bill Belichick uh, rave about very few people the way that he's raved about Ramondre Stevenson, especially a second year guy. He came out after the game, was like, man, I just love this guy, which just feels weird to hear Bill Belichick say, went on and on about what a good three down back he is. This is a player who can do everything. So um, kind of flying in the face of the Bill Belichick that we've kind of come to uh, know here. He is just lavishing praise right now. And it's all about Ramondre Stevenson. So I would expect a very, very big workload for him on Sunday. So I got to see a few clips of the Bill Presser on Wednesday. Um, I have not watched the whole thing or read the whole transcript yet. Uh, but he he gushed with praise for David Njoku, the Browns tight end, didn't he? He did. He said that he was the second best tight end in franchise history. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, I'm, I'm old and I'm not hip. I, I try not to um, even be that. But I know one of the things that hip, the hips kids say this these days is down bad. He's down bad. 
Um, I know the Browns Twitter account's down bad because one of their tweets this week was David Njoku got to 2,000 yards for his career. He's been in the league for six fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. Um, anyway, Chad, back to business. He's playing well. Um, this Browns pass game. Featuring another guy, right, who had to play for the Patriots as a rookie many, many years ago, was a third stringer, and then all of a sudden was the starter. The offense has been good, and I know the Patriots' defense likes its pieces. Um, but Njoku, you know, Peoples-Jones, I assume they'll gang up to take away Amari Cooper, right? Um, where, where are they vulnerable, and do you expect a complete sellout um, to stop number 24 and number 27? First off, to answer the second question, yes. Uh, Bill Belichick is notorious for trying to take away what you do best. And what Kevin Stefanski does best is call a very productive running game Mm -hmm. uh, with a couple of good backs. But here's where I think the New England defense is really interesting is throughout the season, they've been one of the worst teams in the league against the run, um, ranked down by the Browns in basically all of those categories. And yet... Deontay Lee uh, at The Athletic wrote a really interesting story this week, basically outlining how the Patriots flipped everything and were so good against the Lions last week. Now, I think you could fairly look at it and say, well, they were going up against the Lions without DeAndre Swift. How impressive is it really that the run defense improved? Or you could look at it and say, hey, they had some brutal matchups early. Uh, They had to face Lamar Jackson, did not contain him well. Maybe that's why the run defense numbers were so bad. And maybe the changes that they made, as Deontay outlined, really are going to have the run defense trending in the right direction. Um, It it is kind of flipped from the narrative in training camp, which was who in the heck is going to play cornerback for this team? How is the pass defense going to come together? And instead, the Patriots' pass defense has been very good uh, it's the run defense that's been killing them. So, uh, you know, that obviously I think should make Cleveland fans excited, but at the same time, um, acknowledging the caveat that they did the run defense play much better uh, last week, albeit against a banged up Lions team. Right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, Matt Judon, AFC Defensive Player of the Week. He's a guy that Browns fans know because he was really good for the Ravens before he, um, you know, became a free agent. Um, and I remember him from last year's game too, all over the field. Right? You notice those guys were in a single digit, and he spent a lot of time in the backfield. So, uh, who who else in that defense has played well? Dietrich Wise opposite him, and I think that's part of why Matthew Judon has been so good. Not that he wasn't good last year or the several years before that, but I think Judon's game has kind of gone to another level because for the first time since he's joined New England, 
he's had a productive pass rusher on the opposite side of him. So number 91, Dietrich Wise, uh, has really come into his own four or five sacks already. Um, and, and that, I think, has really freed up Judon. So Judon is not just constantly being double teamed. Uh, and then I think the other place that you have to look if you're trying to get familiar with the Patriots defense is in the secondary, their group of safeties is, you know, probably the deepest uh, in the NFL. They go Devin McCourty and Adrian Phillips, two very, very good uh, safeties back there. But then they'll also mix in um, a second round pick from 2020, Kyle Duggar, a hard hitting guy, bring him into kind of some big nickel packages, which I think you'll see plenty of um, whenever the Browns go to 11 personnel, bring him in and he can basically play as uh, a run stopping linebacker, but also drop back a little bit if needed. Um, and then their fourth safety is Jabril Peppers, who uh, surely Cleveland fans remember from his college days. So uh, they're very deep on the back end. Y- you can pick them apart a little bit. We've seen with some good scheming, if you can get one of your better wide receivers in the slot, the Patriots have struggled with their slot corner. Uh, so that's an area that they're susceptible. And, and just their linebacker play um, is not what you would typically expect from the Patriots. They they basically cleaned house after getting smoked by the Bills in the playoffs uh, last year at linebacker, thought they were too slow. So they've switched everything around, and and I, I think they still want a little bit more productivity than what they've gotten from linebacker. Right. So maybe I'm an idiot, and and I've been one before. Um, so so if, I, if I'm way off here, you know, tell me um, that I am. Or if I'm right on, tell me how great I am, Chad. Anyway, um, here's how I see the Patriots, right? Certainly not as talented as the elite teams. And I know Mac Jones didn't play well before the injury. I don't think anybody ever expected him to be a world beater. He did have a great rookie season, right? He's a smart guy. He runs the offense. So to me, it's like this. Not surprised that they had a slow start and not surprised that they're you know way behind the Bills standings-wise and talent-wise. But when you look at the pieces they do have, and you know Belichick's M.O., does it maybe feel like this is the kind of team that needed some adversity and some reality check early and just some experience, and now he's kind of in a position to maximize the pieces they do have, the strengths they do have, and they're not going to win the Super Bowl, but they're damn dangerous in this stretch because they're really good at the two or three things that they do well. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think Belichick would even acknowledge with a little bit of true serum because he doesn't seem to acknowledge anything (laughs) without it. uh, That this is a team that's only really good at a couple of things. They're good at running the ball. They're good at run blocking. um, They're good at pass defense. And they have a good pass rusher or two. And that is kind of it. Like if you look at this roster, it is not what you perhaps typically would have thought of the Patriots. Their best wide receivers are Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Devontae Parker, nobody that really inspires a ton of confidence. Uh, Their tight end situation, like fans will recognize the name Hunter Henry. He hasn't done much of anything this season. Uh, And then you look at the defense, there's just not a lot of names that you would traditionally recognize unless you're a hardcore fan. So um, just talent-wise, I think they're probably third even in their own division. Uh, obviously behind the Bills and and probably behind the Dolphins too. And yet I think Belichick is just so good at coaching what he has and changing the identity and saying, you know, fine, if this is evolving into a passing league, 
uh, where teams are playing a lot of too high safeties and shell defenses, we're going to be content at just being very good running the ball. And we're going to hopefully suck up a lot of the clock and give our defense a rest. And, you know, if you want to try to beat us in a shootout, go ahead, but we're going to have eight minute drives and we're going to have um, quarterback play that doesn't turn the ball over. And, and that's not something that Mac Jones was successful at when he played. So it'll be interesting uh, if Bailey Zappi truly has another good game, there's no quarterback controversy yet as much as, you know, the uh, talk radio host here would like to insinuate. But if Bailey Zappi goes to Cleveland, plays legitimately well, you know, say he completes 18 of 24 passes. Whoa. Touchdowns. Whoa, how about 12 well, 24 of 18? Tie, 24 <laughs> tie. Yeah, good point, good point. I'm trying to maybe play from behind. Um, but, like, what do you do if you're the Patriots and Bailey Zappi is 2-0 and as a starter and played well enough in Green Bay to get you into overtime against the Packers? Like, do you just hand the ball back to Mac Jones or do you keep saying to him, like, no, 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 you got to be 100%. You got to be 100% because he – we can tell you for sure he is pushing to play. He's He wants to be back out there, uh, but he's not at 100% yet. So it's easy for the team right now to say, hey, you're not there yet. What happens if Bailey Zappi moves to 2-0 and and then they play the, the Bears the next week? Suddenly Bailey Zappi could potentially be 3-0 and as a starter with Mac Jones healthy. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what happens then. Yeah. Um you know, Chad, I think I counted. There's like seven guys on the Browns team that were even alive when Bill was the coach here in Cleveland. It was it was a different time. I mean, it was a different organization, right? That organization moved to Baltimore. Uh, but but people listening, Browns fans know and they remember him. And obviously everybody who's a football fan has has respect for him on some level. For you, I know it's only been a couple of months, but what are your impressions of of having covered Bill? Um, now you've you've covered the NFL and you're really good at it, but this is this is a new experience. So I'm I'm genuinely curious what it's been like to cover Bill. It's been different in that I was expecting, um, like you you see the tweets and the comments uh, of some of the kind of bland I will give you nothing remarks. Like this week when uh, a reporter asked about the similarities between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, and he said, "Well, they're both right-handed," and then end <laughs> reply. That was it. And so you see that as a reporter and as a, you know, just growing up as a football fan. And so I kind of just thought that that's what it would be like all the time. But he's actually, I have found surprisingly insightful and helpful um, when you ask about the right things. If you ask about who's going to play on Sunday or injuries or to compare current players, like it's just going to go nowhere. I get that it's part of the job and you know, Hey, how's Mac Jones doing? I don't know. We'll see. And you can beat your head against the wall over and over with that. But if you're not looking for that, I found him to be really helpful and insightful and he'll go on like three or four minute, um, just diatribes on, uh, where things stand and how it compares to the nineties. And then, well, if you look back at the eighties, you'll see this concept here. And then in the seventies, I first saw it there. And it's all really interesting stuff uh, as long as you're not trying to figure out who's practicing today or who's playing on Sunday. <laughs> right. Right. All right, Chad, you've been great. Put you on the spot. Um, who are you taking on Sunday and, and how are you getting there? I could really come to regret this. And this is definitely the mistake of in the NFL basing too much on the previous week. The previous week, the Patriots looked awesome against the Detroit Lions. Um, 
I, I'm making the very, very foolish mistake of thinking that last week's results translate again. And so believe it or not, uh, I'm taking Ramondre Stevenson to run for like 160 yards and the Patriots to sneak away with a win uh, in Cleveland. It could happen. Uh, we could have rushing records. You're right. We could have a two-hour and five-minute game. This is basically Army and Navy without the, the option pitches, right? Stefanski was a coach when uh, Adrian Peterson broke the single-game rushing record in Minnesota. Yeah, okay. He's seen well, it. <laughs> He's seen I'm not, it. I'm not banking on it, but... Browns fans have seen it, too, because when Jamal <laughs> Lewis went for 275, Butch Davis famously said, well, if it wouldn't have been for two or three runs, we, we did a pretty good job on our team. <laughs> I didn't know that <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, what a long, strange journey it's been. He's Chad Graff. He covers the Patriots. Check him out this week and every week. Let's take a quick break, and we'll dive uh, further into some Browns business here on Civilized Park. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so uh, Chad was great. He is great at his job, and um, the Patriots are interesting. This is a game the Browns can win, and I will not be the least bit surprised if they do win. Um, to go back and reference last year's game, and Chad's exactly right when he says often last week doesn't matter, let alone last year, but I remember it for several reasons. I mean, the Browns just got, got killed, as you guys know. Um, the offense never recovered from that day, and the defense turned it around and finished the year playing lights out, top five, top 10 defense, started to see the swarm and the growth. And it was like, okay, that was an important turning point. And that's why we all assumed it would take off. Every key guy is back. All the whole coaching staff is back. The Browns pay these frontliners to dominate games and um, had drafted these young kids who they thought were ready to step up. And, you know, we all got fooled. Um, Baker Mayfield's not going to be in the league much longer, and the Browns dominated him week one. And the defense in multiple ways has just been bad since, specifically in second halves. And the last two weeks, um, starting with the Falcons and a practice squad running back, they saw something on the film, and they've just been powering it ahead. So here's where the Browns are. It's a manhood test. And, yes, guys, there's dissension with Joe Woods. And, yes, there's a question about whether he's the guy, given all that we just said, everybody's back continuity year three. This shit is not supposed to happen, right? Like every team has little mistakes and flaws and things they have to correct in September and early October, but just getting gashed being 32nd and run defense is not supposed to happen. Um, but right now the Browns are saying it's the players, not the coaches. They made a trade for Deion Jones, which when you trade on a Sunday night, it's clearly desperation. However, you're getting a proven player, at zero cost, a guy who's playing for a new contract, a guy who has pedigree, 
um, who I don't know that he's going to play this week or certainly play a full role, but he might. And he's got a chance to be an instant upgrade. They went and they signed those tackle Tyler Davidson. You know, would he be in the league if he was a game wrecker? Yes. Um, is he better than what the Browns had? They're probably saying yes. So um, flaws in roster building and thinking and arrogance involved. Yes. The Browns keep their own guys. Um, the Browns draft a certain way. They think they've got it figured out. They put Jacob Phillips in the game and then they have to trade for somebody on a Sunday night, right? Like Tommy Togi, yeah, they draft. He's a backup. They signed Taven Bryan. There's a reason he's available. Perrion Winfrey, not ready to play. Um, so this is disappointing. And I know there's been a lot of scoring towards Miles and, and frankly, for missing a game, he deserves some of it. Um, I'll say this when Miles is in there, it's not just the stats and, and the stats is sometimes what he goes for. And the stats is what jumps off the page, right? He does change everything. And going back to last year's Patriots game, I remember the Patriots running right at him and screening to his side as a way to take advantage of his aggressiveness. It looked a lot like what the chargers did last week, frankly. Um, but in fairness, I'll say this, like TJ Watts played one game. The Steelers turned the Bengals over like five times. The Cowboys don't have a quarterback and Michael Parsons is there and the Cowboys defense is absolutely balling out, right? The Rams, Aaron Donald, the defense is not the problem. The defense is still lights out. The offense stinks right now. In Cleveland, where you have another defensive player of the year candidate, super duper star, the defense is awful. So again, let's go glass half full. Cade York. Is going to be fine eventually. He's still a freak show. He's going through it, right? Um, the offense has been efficient. It's been imaginative. It has moved it in the big moments, and then you have the turnovers and the missed opportunities, and that stinks. But the offense has been better than we thought. The defense has time. You're playing against a rookie quarterback. You're playing against a receiving core that doesn't scare anyone, Right? Um, all you have to do is win the one in front of you. It's the ultimate cliche. So I don't know. I don't think the Browns can go to Baltimore and win. I don't know. And certainly with this defense, you can't. But if you start a defensive turnaround, if you get guys healthy, if Deion Jones plugs in, if you make an adjustment back there, you know, um, if you safeties start actually tackling somebody instead of just throwing their helmets and embarrassing themselves – then maybe we'll see. And, and like I said, I know the Browns can beat the Bengals because they can absolutely swarm the quarterback. I know the Browns can beat the Patriots because they can absolutely swarm Bailey Zappi and they can put him as a mid-round rookie and a smaller guy, limited guy, in uncomfortable positions. And it doesn't matter if they win 13-10. I finally think the Browns are going to play an under game this week. I think both coaches want to take the air out of the ball and go. We'll see how that goes. Um, you can win. You can get the good vibes back. And you just need something to build on. I mean, they're searching for confidence. So um, there's a lot of blame to go around, guys. And it does go on the kicker, on the quarterback for the late ones, um, on the defensive coordinator for this continuing to happen, on the building of the roster where you've invested in these guys and they can't stop the run. I mean, these these are not small holes that Austin Eckler is breaking through. They're highway on ramps, right? He's just going. So uh, we'll see how it goes. It's a big game. It's a big week for the Browns. Um, like I said, I, th I think everybody else is healthy. You know, Clowney's going to be managed through the season. You knew that. Um, I would expect Denzel Ward to not play. Greedy Williams will come back. So Martin Emerson will start. Greg Newsom will start. And then when Newsom plays in the slot, will it be Greedy or will it be A.J. Green? I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, 
come Sunday, how that goes. What are they going to do at safety? Would they bench dump it? You know, are we going to see a lot of the three safety look? Does does Deion Jones absolutely have to play the middle and replace Jacob Phillips? You know, um, I mean, JOK is a freak show. He did not have a good game either, but he's so much better than the other two guys. So you just have to get off blocks and you have to make tackles and get them to the ground. I expect the Browns to come out with a much more inspired, focused, simplistic defensive effort. Um, if you don't see it, there's big problems. There might be big problems anyway. But I'm going to take the Browns to win an ugly, low-scoring game, 16-13 to 13 on Sunday. Get the good vibes back. Um, play a little run defense. Give the defense some confidence, something to hang its hat on, and we'll see. Um, when they got to that practice field Wednesday, there should have been nobody's job safe. But they that's just not reality because they don't have those guys. And they did go light at defensive tackle, which many of you guys have been screaming about for months. And then, the you know, the, the pedigree and the pay of the safety says it has to be better. When he lost to Anthony Walker, I know, but we got to quit acting like he's Dick Buckus, guys. I mean, he doesn't make a third of what Clowney Garrett and John Johnson make. <laughs> um, Jacob Phillips is in his third year. Taki Taki's in his fourth. JOK is supposed to be a cornerstone of this defense. You guys have to step up. You have to play better. Have to tackle. Love this game. Blocking and tackling. Big part of it. The Browns are really good at blocking, really bad at tackling. We'll see this Sunday if they can be any better. Thanks for reading. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.